If it's news to you, it's important to him. This is The Big Five with Elias Makos from Montreal's News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Howdy. Howdy, everyone. It's Friday, December 8th. We've made it to the weekend for this program. Just three hours away from a weekend. Hope you're enjoying it. Uh, let's get to the Big Five on the Elias Mako Show. On today's Big Five, Justin Trudeau says he thinks about throwing in the towel every day. Plus, will McGill move to Brockville, Ontario? We'll try and figure that one out. Before we do that, we got to give a shout-out. And the shout-out goes to CJAD listeners. Now, today is CJAD's birthday. And thanks for the happy birthday on the text line for those of you texting in our happy birthday messages. That's right. Let's celebrate that. CJAD signed on the air on December 8th, 1945 from Mountain Street, back when it was still called Mountain Street. And now from the corner of Papineau and René Levesque, we are here only because of you. Fall ratings came in this week. That support is as strong as ever. Thank you so much for making CJD what it is. All right, let's find out who's on the Big Five this morning. We've got uh, political analyst Kareem Bulos with us. Hi, Kareem. Good morning. And special advisor to the mayor of Montreal, Jimmy Zubris. Hi, Jimmy. Good morning, Elias. Good morning, Kareem. I just got to say, I love it. Jimmy and Kareem, it's, you know, it's like the the boys are back. I'm very happy to speak to both of you this morning. Uh, (laughs) Hey, hey, Jimmy, by the way, um, do you want to just give our listeners, uh, how's Valerie feeling? How's how's your boss, the mayor of Montreal? How's she doing? I actually uh, spoke to her last night. She was really, really in good spirits. uh, Much, much better. Uh, Lighter schedule this weekend, but uh, Monday she's at work at council and... uh, She's doing well, and uh, thank you all for the well wishes. Well, you too, Elias. I, I'm I know channeling, she, she appreciated your tweet. I'm channeling Elaine Bennis. Get well, get well soon. We want you to get well. All right. Uh, let's get to our topics uh, this morning, and I'm going to start off with Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister. He met with La Presse's editorial board in a year-end review, and you know this is what Prime Minister does this this time of year. He goes and makes the rounds, so he ended up with the editorial board at uh, La Presse. And he made it clear he's not going anywhere and we're not going to the polls before 2025. He says that NDP alliance rock solid. But he conceded this, pretty candid, I would say, that the thought of throwing in the towel crosses his mind every day. Now, again, he at the end of the day, he says, I'm staying. But it is interesting that he says every day I think about it. Uh, he also defended his budgets. He defended the handling of the economy that has seen Canadians get poorer. There's no denying that, ladies and gentlemen. Look at the GDP per capita. Canadians are getting poorer. And it's been six years of us going in the wrong direction on wealth in this country. But I want your thoughts uh, about a prime minister that uh, says he's sticking around, but also says, thinks about leaving pretty, pretty, pretty often. Um, Jimmy, you know, you're an advisor for a mayor. What do you think about this messaging? Look, I think early on he said he was staying on for the next election, right? And then, of course, uh, the whole Sophie thing came out afterwards. And, you know, he he's starting to, to now uh, realize uh, what it's like being a single father, you know, with three three kids that are still uh, still relatively young where he needs to spend some time. And I think one of the things that has to be going through his mind is his father, right? Let's not forget his father also had, like he did a couple of minority governments and then a majority government. Then he ended up losing to um, to Joe Clark. And after that, he, he left politics, right? Let's not forget, he came back because Joe Clark 
the, the liberals had no leader. So I think in his mind, he, he I think he's got to be saying, am I staying too long? Is this the right time to go? But I also got to believe, and I've said this for a while, is that his advisors have to believe, and I know they've been saying this privately, that Pierre Polyev does not connect with average Canadians. And I got to tell you, any polling you look says the opposite. But I think deep down in his mind and his advisor's mind is that the Justin Trudeau can turn it on and Pierre Polyev, at one point, the voters will turn on him. So I think that that is still driving him. But it, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting reflection on, on his part. Reflections, Kareem? <laughs> Uh, listen, he he's got to say right he, to to Jimmy's point. He's got to be the anti uh, Poliev, right? So he's got to be uh, humble. He's got to be a human being. He's got to say, look, we're doing our best. We're defending our policies. He it's 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 not up for debate. He his administration has spent more money than than people can fathom through the pandemic and and even just budgets in general over the last six years. Um, I, I think there's he's got to come off as a nice guy because we know that Polyev is not pulling in the nice guy category. I think he's got to say that, you know, with everything going on in my life, I have to do that. But I have a feeling that he's thought about it more than every day. I have a feeling that the, the criticism, the the state of the economy, he can say what he wants in, in a year-end review. He knows the economy is terrible. I don't think, I mean, he's got to be completely head in the sand if he thinks that things are going as well as he claims. But he has to say that. His base needs him to say that. The Liberal Party needs him to say that. They have to show a human side, which he's trying to do, but he he can't. I'm I'm sorry. Uh, there's no comparing. Yes, there's comparing him to his father, but but there's no comparing his performance. This guy is not doing for Canada what what we needed. What we need done. It, it's it's costing us a fortune. We're in debt up to our eyeballs, and our great grandchildren are going to be paying for the rest of their lives. And yes, there's a need for social programs and emergency measures, but. We, we've gone over the edge. And so he can't turn around and say, oh, you know what? Yeah, I spent too much. and uh, But I'm going to stay in there to show you how I'm going to do things better. No, he's just saying, I think about it. But in the end, this is the right thing to do. And I'm going to double down and I'm going to show you that I be, stick to my word. And I'm going to run again to show you that I believe in what I've done. I, I, I There's just one thing here, right? you got to remember, when he got elected, the economy wasn't doing so bad. Right. He didn't get elected mm -hmm. on an economic agenda. He got elected on an, a number one because Stephen Harper probably was at the end of, you know, he, he had been there for at least 10 years. And, and number two, it was sunny ways. He wanted to bring in a different type of way of governing. He, he wanted to, to, you know, roll back certain of the social programs that that uh, Harper that had the, made the cuts. conservative yeah. he, had made well, yeah, cuts. But, like it was a different thing. It was drastic. So I, I just want to say that now we're at the point where the economy seems to be the number one issue. And I believe it's going to be the issue that people go to the, the election. But you got to remember, in Trudeau's mind, I think he he wants to, or, or his advisors, when mm -hmm. I say in his mind, I think they believe that they want to, they, they want, they, they believe that there's a path probably. And it's not yeah. just on the economy. Yeah. It's that we're going to be a more gentle uh, government but, like like Trudeau and Sunny Ways, right? We're going to bring back Sunny Ways. What's the I'm path? Not saying though? it's right so, or wrong. I'm just telling you, Jimmy, because I I think you're right. They must believe there's some sort of path. Uh, Kareem, this is what I struggle with. What is the what is the turnaround path? Uh, knowing the polls and more importantly, knowing our economic situation, which is what all of this is about. Um, what's the path to 2025 Listen, I, to victory for Justin Trudeau? Well, the, the country is 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 very divided harper proved he could win without quebec so does quebec it's strategic at this point and the block and, and the resurgence of the pq 
makes it such that Quebec's up for grabs. I don't think, I'm not sure, you know, there are some regions that might go with Poitiers that are a little bit more conservative, but right now I think Ontario is always going to decide it. And, and the economy, Ontario is going to think economy first. Social programs out east, in the west, well, west, Midwest, possibly, but the West is very strong Poliev territory. I think at best, whoever gets elected next time around is going to have a minority. I don't think anybody's going to have a landslide. Really? Uh, I think that, the, the polls that, would say right now, Kareem, it's like right now, that's today. The polls yeah. would say today it's a crushing landslide for the conservatives. No, uh, I don't think so. I think that, uh, that there's a there's a boogeyman effect that people mm-hmm. are, are worried about and they're not sure. They're not going to make their mind up until they go into the polls and they're standing behind their uh, their pencil. And so I think, no, I think it would be a, a minority. I think people are going to get a little bit nervous. But again, you know, uh, uh, people who are hungry will, will look for food. And I think we're struggling with housing. We're struggling with cost of groceries. We're struggling with just making ends meet. I'm talking the average Canadian yeah. is having a really tough time. So at the end of the day, you you provide you know, a thirsty person with water, which is what Polyev is going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be very difficult to, to look, you know, to pass up. Uh, but but again, listen, campaign wise, Trudeau is a heck of a campaigner and you can't take that away. I, I mean, Shari was probably the, the best of the best. I, in campaign I, I, mode. I, I, I listen, so I think I, you'll see that. I keep hearing that, but you also need to have uh, policies that are resonating with voters. But I, here's here's a path, by the way. I got a path on the text line. 514-800 for your text. Here's the path, Elias. Next year, interest rates will come down. Inflation will come down. Polyev will lose his economic talking points. Trudeau wins again 2025. So there you go. There's the hopeful scenario. But I'm sorry if we're not building homes in the country. Rent can't go down. And I think that's another uh, uh, big thing as well. Yeah. And, th- and then on the flip side, right? Unemployment is is on the rise. The economy right now is not headed in the right direction. It looks like it's getting worse. But I think that is the, the pathway is some miraculous recovery for this economy. And, right. And, but look at look at unions across the country. They're talking about trying to keep up with inflation and, and you know the they're being offered 12% over 5 years right. and they're asking for 15 because that's what inflation is going to be. So yeah. if we say we have everything under control, it's not. It's I, not under control. And here's one thing. It's a uh, good morning Elias. It's not sunny ways when moms can't afford orange juice. The stories making waves in Montreal. The Big Five with Elias Makos from News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. All right, we're going to tackle McGill and some catastrophic indications for that institution in just a moment, plus some good news on healthcare. But I want to start off this half of the Big Five talking about Canada's banks. It's the Big Five. Jimmy Zubris and Kareem Boulos on with us this morning. Guys, briefly on this one, because I, I guess none of us are, are, are money laundering experts, but I digress. Canada's financial intelligence agency, FinTrack, handed down a $1.3 million fine against CIBC for non-compliance with money laundering and terrorist financing measures. This news comes just days after RBC was given a $7.4 million fine for the same thing, same infraction. Totally unrelated, I'm sure completely coincidental, the news comes just weeks after an ex-RCMP officer was found guilty of giving sensitive information to to alleged criminals and money launderers, okay? Uh, guys, listen, I'm, I'm highlighting this week. I know we're, we're not going to spend the most time on this subject, but I'm just highlighting this story to wrap up the week here because I just want to make sure if this has skipped over people's uh, eyes and ears because there's so much news going on, I just want people to know two Canada banks just got fined because FinTrack says 
they should have been, they should have done a better job knowing what's going on at their banks and what kind of transactions were happening. So here's my quick question for you. This slap on the wrist, millions of dollars here, is it enough? Do you think banks are complicit in aiding organized crime and terrorism as we've heard in the last wow. month? You could take this, uh, you're shaking, you know, I'll start with Jimmy here, Jimmy, because uh, I think Kareem wants to do a pass, but I'm not going to let you. You got to think. Go, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you, the one thing is, it's not, a, I, I don't know if it's enough or it's not. I, I, I couldn't really judge that. But one thing that's interesting here, and we saw this a while back when there was some, um, uh, some financial planner on the West Island who was defrauding mm. clients and the Bank of Montreal, I believe it was the Bank of Montreal that mm. was found guilty that they were just turning a blind eye to what was happening in transactions. I think that banks have a certain responsibility. It's not enough to say, hey, you deposit your money. We don't care where it comes from. Uh, that, that's the way it works. No chance of that because any one of us three here, you make a, a check which comes from uh, mm -hmm. some source that the bank's not, your bank, your account is closed and you're finished, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that, I think that the principle here is, hey, banks, you have a responsibility too. maybe not do something right away, but you have to report it and so on, especially look, the, the way things are now, a banker can look at an account and within a few seconds say there's something questionable here. Let's look into it. I'm not saying it's wrong, mm -hmm. but there's something questionable here. And I think the principle is that they also have a responsibility in, in the fight against drugs and the fight against money laundering and in all and then especially in defrauding seniors Jimmy I couldn't agree, I could not agree with you more and I just see you know 1.3 million dollar fine and if and and it's possible oh, yeah. that they it's possible that they knew that possible I mean I'm really like come on guy I want to be well, let's be straighter possible you and I not are possible pay for it. allegedly all, all of the legal not terms we got to use to protect these banks allegedly listen I'm just saying, 1.3 million dollars. If a bank, if there's a, if there's any indication that a bank knew that this kind of money is for organized crime or terrorism, one, you know, I'm just saying. Listen, I have a listener know. that says 500 million bucks. Kareem, go ahead. Yeah, for, absolutely. Look, but this, uh, it, it's a, it's a double, it's, it's a two-way highway, right? I think FinTrack and the banks have to work together. Okay, I think that that's the piece that I'm not understanding from from the story. To be quite frank, uh, if it is true that they turned a blind eye, they should be nailed a million dollars. Big deal. They made a million dollars in the time that we were speaking about this topic. I mean, please, it, it's a joke. And if they're funneling or they're they're redirecting money so that they can, you know use that money to invest and make millions themselves, then they are complicit. And of course, they can be slammed as much money as you can, uh, find them as much as you want. But I think at some point, there's got to be some mechanism, some reporting structure where, where FinTrack and all the banks have this two-way dialogue. If there's something that looks remotely suspicious, I think as part of the bank's charter, they must be required to report that. And then FinTrack ultimately is the is a security agency. They, they'll dig deeper and, and and look into sources and, and they'll have access to different because things don't go through one bank, right? I mean, let, let's face it, money gets funneled through five, 10 banks before it makes it to its yeah. its end destination. So I think FinTrack has a responsibility there. Absolutely. Uh, if banks did not work with FinTrack, if banks tried to say, oh, uh, we know uh, John, uh, he's uh, been dealing with the bank for years because he's a prétenant that people funnel money through his account. Okay, then that's BS. And of course, Nail them. So the the seven million, the one million, please. Yeah. When they're reporting quarterly results, okay, of a billion dollars, a billion in a quarter, and stock prices go down because they were expected to make one point one billion, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Please, a million dollars. Please, yeah. it's, it's a rounding error. Yeah, come on. 
Uh, I hope we uh, start taking this a little bit more seriously. Okay, let's talk about McGill here. Um, uh, McGill saying they are seeing a catastrophic drop in applications from out-of-province students. They say twenty; it's down 20%. And now McGill says they won't rule out the possibility of moving some of their operations to another province. Are you ready for the crown jewel of Brockville, Ontario to become McGill? I'm ready, folks. Um, Principal Deep Saney says that they are going to look at all options to ensure that McGill remains, quote, one of the greatest universities in the world. Uh, of course, this all has to do with the Quebec's uh, devastating tuition plan. And uh, you know what? We ha- On this program, and the press reported that they were going to go back in a big way. Hasn't happened yet. Uh, we're going to be speaking to the folks at Moody's, by the way, that financial uh, institution, that credit agency at 10 o'clock on this. So, guys, uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, Kareem, I'll start with you on this one. Um, you know, this this course, this is devastating. Yeah. It, okay, yes, it is. It's terrible. It's terrible for Concordia. It's terrible for McGill. But I, I don't see how the funding solution is to go to a province where the average tuition is $8,200 per student compared to Quebec's, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> $3,400. So I, I'm not I'm not seeing the logic there. If you're uh-huh. trying to keep the quality, that's fine. But by going to Ontario, you're going to be a completely private university. So it's going to cost ten times more. Are you going to ask Ontario for funding that mm-hmm. that doesn't exist? I mean, we're already a third of their price. So I don't see that as a strategy. I think it's it, it's a cry for help. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's, it sounds a little bit. It seems almost like a you know. A, a pouty moment. I mean, but I it's but it's eight grand. It's eight grand versus come to Quebec and pay now seventeen, eighteen grand. So you know what I mean. So, so it's so like it would no, be a, no, it would be a campus, an offsite ca- like a campus, and not not the full institution. I, I understand that. Like, look, there's campuses all over. Like, mm. the University of Laval is here. Longueuil is in, mm. in uh, has got a campus for Sherbrooke. I mean, we have people people that have campuses. Concordia had affiliations in the in the, in Dubai or Abu Dhabi. And listen, yes, all that's great. Okay, it's wonderful, and we can do all that stuff. You want to try to maintain quality and send your professors all over the world or all over the country. That's another challenge, but certainly it sends a message to to the Legault administration that this is not acceptable. This is not good for the future of Quebec because, right? It's like when high tides boil all ships. Like we we all do better, right? If the universities do better, everybody does better. The economy does better. There's no way that we target the Anglo institutions and miraculously the Francophone institutions will mm-hmm. do better. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. They all do better. If they all work together, I think this is this is like a kind of like warning shots to Quebec. Yeah. Hey, you 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 want this to be a an embarrassment? You just wait. We're ready to make this even more embarrassing for you, Quebec government. That's how I feel. That this comes off to me, Jimmy. What do you say? I would have preferred Dominican Republic rather than Ontario. <laughs> I mean, a, I, I, a yeah. nice campus there to do university. I I, I, don't, I don't understand this thing to go east, west, yeah. and north. Let's head south. Uh, no, I I think also the uh, I think the McGill administration is is really trying to send a message not only to the Lego government but I think to the general population because if you look at the parties now that are that are in the National Assembly, I mean, uh, are they going to get sympathy if a if it's a PQ government tomorrow or if it's a PQ coalition government with the CAC, uh, no chance. Quebec Solidaire, eh, maybe. Liberals, fine, but the Liberals right now seem to have been stuck at, you know, 14, 15%. So I think at some point, McGill also is, is looking at it and saying, hold on a second here. Uh, what's the future for us? Maybe it is a Hawkesbury-McGill uh, campus, uh, but you got to remember something. Universities are governed by provinces. You think mm-hmm. U of T and all those universities in Toronto, Queens and that 
are going to allow McGill to come in on their property, like uh, on their territory. Mm-hmm. I, I find it a, 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 it's an it's an interesting move by McGill, but I would say at this point it's more political posturing than anything else. I think the reality of it coming in is going to be very very hard for them. Okay, let me get to some I would say good news this morning. So Health Minister Christian Dubé is taking the blame for the surprise Bill 15 amendment, which would have made it easier for English services to be removed. Dubé apologizing and adding that the amendment was quote an oversight. Here's what he said. This is uh, in the Montreal Gazette this morning. The error we made is that we created doubt. I take the blame. That's why are we we are going back to the way it was. Now English health services could still be taken away, but under the exact same mechanisms that are already in place right now, meaning two committees would have to give the okay, provincial and a regional uh, committee would have to give an okay. The regional one would have to give a two-thirds vote uh, in, to remove uh, English services, just like it is right now. So nothing is changing on that front okay has our health crisis crisis been averted kareem um no i think it's <laughs> it's just kicking the can down the road i think there's nothing more than that i think the other measures that are in place you know it's listen health services are a problem in french or english i think we we're you know the waiting times in emergency rooms are back up to the you know double digit 20 hours for some cases i mean it's it's crazy so the fact that we're not getting you know we've averted the the element in bill 15 of, of the english service it is good temporarily just like you know for a while we sort of dodged certain aspects of other bills that limited anglophone rights um, I mean, Bill 96 is still there. It still limits, you know, education. It's a, it limits many aspects of Quebec society, Quebec culture. So, uh, you know, I, it, honestly, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if in six months they come up with yet another iteration. It just seems to be, you know, fly by your seat of your pants and they announce things. Some ministers say things that Legault wasn't aware of and vice versa. Listen, I'm not I'm not holding my breath. We dodged a bullet for now, uh-huh. but I'm not convinced that it's over. Well, to to your point, Kareem, I'll give you this. You know, they did say we're going to come up with 50 new rules, right? Not just one thing. The government said we're going to do 50 things to protect the French language. So when do those 49 other things on top of McGill? Well, 48, because we have McGill and we have their plans for Spotify and Netflix. So we've got two that have been released. When do the other 48 come? Uh, but Jimmy, your thoughts on uh, the health minister saying mea, mea culpa and uh, we're not uh, we're removing that amendment. First thing is that this government has has shown in the past that it's uh, it's willing to backtrack, right? They, they've done it on a number of occasions uh, when they find that the uh, uh, the opposition is 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 too um, it's too difficult or the the path to pass it is too difficult. Uh, one thing though, we got to say on this: the importance of having a good opposition at at the, in the National Assembly in all levels is so important. It was the Liberals that uncovered yes. this on Day Fortin on page 387 of a 700-page document. Uh, so that that's why it's important to have a, a, a good opposition yeah. in, in, in all levels of government. Um, the other thing, too, is one thing about Dubai, right? When Dubai first took over this, this portfolio, uh, you remember Dubai is not a doctor, right? It's the first time we haven't had a doctor in charge of this portfolio in a long time. He's a bean counter. He's an accountant. He's part of that boys' club of of a Francois Legault of the business community, right? And I, I, you know, when I saw this today, I said to myself, it almost sort of made sense that here's a guy, Dubé, who just wants procedures more than the actual thing. Like he, he, he probably in their minds, they said, uh, this is a quicker way, the same result at the end, but here's a procedure on how to get there. And 
when he realized that there was a backlash to it and it was the wrong procedure, he was the first one to say, hold on a second, guys. Th this wasn't my intention. I didn't want to mm -hmm. create uh, chaos. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to go backwards. And I, I got to give it to him because Dubé has done that in the past. And so has Fitzgibbons and, and so has some other ministers. And I think it's that business background of yeah. theirs. Like well, Dubé, uh, you know, Kareem said it, the, the health issue is not solved. But I think Dubé is trying, you know, like when he came in and, you know, saw that only faxes were operating mm. at hospitals, you know, things <laughs> yeah. like that. J Jimmy, I'll give you uh, I'll say this. Uh, there there definitely is a reasonable wing of that party. And Christian Dubé, I think, is at the head of the reasonable side. Yeah. Uh, OK, I want to uh, given. Yeah. yeah, go ahead, Kareem. No, given what's been going on and the polling that the PQ has been showing and and the, the CAC would lose if we had an election, I think they've got to dial down some of their. Their positions. I think they they're backtracking because they have backtracked. But I think they're realizing that we can't afford to lose everybody. You know, we can't afford to make more enemies than we have. We can't afford to give the liberals any sign, uh, chance of uh, of hope. We can't give the PQ more more notoriety. So I think they're having to be a little bit more delicate going forward. I'm going to squeeze in one last topic. Seventy percent of confirmed Canadian cases in the Cantaloupe Salmonella outbreak in this country <laughs> are in Quebec. <laughs> Forty four people hospitalized. Five deaths. <laughs> Five deaths, guys. This is a serious side, all because of cantaloupe. Uh, just yes or no, should we ban cantaloupe? It's the worst fruit, by the way. It sucks <laughs> on the plate when you go to the breakfast restaurant. Should we ban cantaloupe, yes or no, Jimmy? <laughs> now I know why you and my wife get along, Elias. <laughs> she hates cantaloupe, too, both of you. <laughs> cantaloupe sucks. Uh, Kareem, last I'm, word, I'm do we ban team, cantaloupe? I'm on team cantaloupe. Oh, he wants team it. Cantaloupe here. Uh, no? I love cantaloupe. What are you talking about? Okay. Yes, I'm definitely team cantaloupe. Forget that. <laughs> cantaloupe is terrible. We'll leave it there. Uh, Big Five, the boys back in town. Jimmy, Kareem, have a great week. Catch the Big Five, weekday mornings at 9.05. News Talk Radio, CJAD 800 in Montreal.